Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. We're talking about being better together. Better together. How many of you know we're better together? I'm going to prove it to you. We're really going to push life groups today. How, why you need to be in a life group? Because you need to do life. And it don't have to be every week. You know, we think of life groups, and we do have them every week. But they could be once a month. They could be a fellowship group. They could, you know, a life group could just be around the Word. And, you know, somebody like, well, I, I don't know. I handle that much of the Bible. Well, you know what? You can do a life group around fishing. You know? Fellowship and talk about Jesus and fish. What's your favorite bait, you know? Top water. You use a plastic worm. Some of y'all ladies are going, ooh, what are you talking about? Well, that's why men don't go to the life group where they talk about purses. Did y'all see that joke? You know, ladies buy purses for other ladies. Because men ain't never said, whoo, that woman's ugly, but that purse was hot. No. You know, men, men, men would have, if you did it for a man, you'd have a toe sack carrying around with everything in it. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's all right. I'm getting meddling now. So we're talking about being better together and, and the name of this is where everybody knows your name. And I don't know if you my age, you remember there was a show on TV. And, uh, you know, but that's what I hit last week. I put up a baseball field. Everybody's rallying around something. See, better together, being together is rallying around something and having fellowship. And so that's what we're talking about. You can fellowship around anything, but we really need to fellowship around Jesus because you really need God's help. To live this life. Come on, bump somebody and tell them to wake up. So, so biblical community is really what we're talking about through small groups. How about, how about, all right, let's just, how about all heaven and earth is about one thing, and how about a relationship? Relationship. Who you know. Who knows you. Oh, Lord, yeah, we're going to. Who knows you and who you know? All right, let's just let's start over. Let's tell a joke. Here we go. Got to wake y'all up. This is not biblical. It's, 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 it's just a joke. And a leadership guru told it and said, you know, when God was making things, he made a dog. And he said, I want you to sit on the front porch and bark at everybody comes in and just, you know, and let them pet you and be happy. And he said, I'm going to give you 20 years. And the dog said, I don't want to bark for 20 years. How about 10? God said, okay. So then God made the monkey and said, I want you to do monkey shines. I want you to make people laugh and entertain them and enjoy it. And uh, he said, I'm going to give you 20 years lifespan. He goes, I don't want to do all that for 20 years. How about 10? And he said, okay, I'll, I'll give you 10. So then God made a cow. And cow, he said, I want you to uh, give milk to the farmer and be out, you know, in the field. And I'm going to give you 40 years to the lifespan. And the cow goes, I don't want to. I don't want to work with a farmer for 40 years giving milk. He says, how about 20? He said, God said, okay. And then God made man and said, he put him in the garden. Just enjoy life. Have a good time. He said, I'm going to give you 40 years lifespan. And, God, and the man said, wait a minute. It's not long enough to have a good time. He goes, how about if I take 20 years from the cow and 10 years from the monkey and 10 years from the dog? And God said, that's fine. I'll give you 80 years. When there's, there's other promise too. It says 120. But this is a joke, so stay with me. And so man lives his life. You see where I'm going? He lives the first 
20 years of his life, you know, having a good time, enjoying life. The next 40 or the next 20 is working, working, working like the cow. And then when he gets grandkids, he does monkey shines for 10 years. And then after that, he sits on the front porch and barks at everybody that comes by. Okay. That's not true. It's just a joke. Okay. So anyway, so we're talking about people. We're talking about having people in your life. Who's in your group? Who's your buddy? Who's your friends? Do they add to you? Are you adding to them? Mm-hmm. Who has the most influence in your life? I sure hope it's godly. It should be. It's supposed to be. Somebody said this. You show me who your network of friends are, and I'll show you your net worth. Wow. Never thought about that. How about show me who your friends are, I'll show you where you are spiritually. But, you know, we'll talk about it as, as we go. So, uh, you know, we want to dig in. So if you got sermon notes, let's look at A. We need each other, but let's look at, 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 our, at, our, at, at A, be intentional in your gathering or your relationships. Be intentional. I go after specific people to be in a relationship with. Huh? Now, I, I consider all of you, I want to be friends with everybody, but I go after people who, who, who are spiritually strong, that pour into me. I can bounce stuff off Jack. Jack and I can have fellowship what do you think about this and you know uh you want to be intentional with your friends and you want to be able to ask questions of somebody i said last sunday i was changing somebody's headlight out in their car and it's supposed one of them pop in twist twist pull out it would not twist and so i said kenny you ever worked on this car this headlight when i call kenny acres he's a little bit mechanic a little bit welder a little bit everything a little bit policeman Full-time husband. I'm just making fun. They're not here. He's visiting family. He's, just, he's a new grandpa again. So, But he said, no, I know that car. He said, the man put it in. He probably glued him in. I'm like, glued him in? Oh. So I got pliers and, pliers and twisted and twisted and finally broke it out. But it still was able to hold the new one. But I did not glue it in. So we'll see why he glued it in. Maybe he, there's a reason. But you know what? Have you ever called somebody and asked for advice? It's good to have people to call somebody and ask for advice. It's good to have somebody. You know? Anybody ever call Miss Shirley? Yeah, me. Me too. Miss Shirley calls me. Pastor, what do you think about this? I'm like, Miss Shirley, you're asking me. But, but iron sharpens iron, and you, you want to know. You want to hear the Spirit of God, and you want the wisdom of God. And, and, you know, you don't ask a man living in a culvert how to handle money. So you need people that will speak into your life, and you need people that you're speaking into their life. If all you're doing is speaking into people's life, and you're the top dog, you're going to burn out, and you're going to wear out, and you're going to miss it. you got to have somebody speaking into you, and if you're not submitted to somebody that can speak into your life or be able to call somebody, you're going to dry up. You look at the Apostle Paul. He submitted to leadership. Even though he was smarter than they were, even though he wrote two-thirds of the Bible, the New Testament, he still submitted to leadership because he wanted to, he bounced everything off of them. 
And Peter's an old country boy. He goes, man, he's hard to understand, but you need to listen to it. Boy, he's deep, but you need to listen to it. So let's dig in. There are five excuses of why we don't intentionally gather. And I'm going to run through these pretty quick and just kind of put some kind of dot by it or something when it, when, it touch, when it tags your name. Don't go, oh, that's me. You don't have to go, oh, that's me. But uh, we're going to look, look at Ecclesiastes 4. And, and I only had 4, 8, but then I went and added 9 and 10. But look at this. Uh, that, 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 that projector bounces a little bit if you don't notice that. The big drummer over there. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil or his work. Yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am, am I working, he asked. And why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This too is meaningless. Look at the bounce it on down. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. And look at verse 10. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up, and, but pity anyone who falls and no one uh, to help them up. So as you look at the first one, let's just talk about, go back to verse 8, and look, look. He neither had son or brother. He had nobody that he was working for. I'm going to tell you, wealth is a poor Savior. Worshiping money does not bring peace, does not bring joy. When when Coca-Cola was first bottled, it was in Monroe, Louisiana. They put a big factory up, and then the guy's brother did it where I used to work was in Shreveport, Louisiana. And we actually, he had passed away. I never met him, but I met his wife, and we remodeled her house. They had so much wealth. But yet, she had no washer, no dryer. (laughs) <laughs> you'd think, because she hired people to hand wash her clothes because that's all she knew. And she had this huge house that was built in the 60s. And all she did is we came in, we're remodeling, and, and she didn't want those whatnot. I mean, golly. But, you know, she was worried about us stealing her stuff that she could replace a hundred times. You don't worship stuff. Don't worship your stuff. You don't worship the creation. You've got to have fellowship. You've got to have something more than just your stuff. How about even more than just, hey, wife, more than your husband. Your husband's not a good Savior either. And husband, your wife's not a good Savior. Yeah, you, you know, so if you go back from the beginning, God said man, it's not good for man to be alone. And so he made him a help, made a wife, and that's great. But how about men like to talk about men things and women like to talk about women things? Tired of talking about purses, huh? And so, but, but, but men need fellowship. Come on, men. Give me an amen. And ladies, you got to let them go have some fellowship because they're not a woman. Just saying. Just saying. You know, put your finger up. and I, I, I'm dabbling now, ain't I? So wealth does not replace God. Walking alone never works. God hadn't called us to walk alone. You'll never be self-satisfied. So let's, let's look at some of the things. Number one, here's the question of the day. Why walk alone? Why walk alone? So in one, nativity. You know what? There are some who just don't know uh, any better 
They've never took the time to build a meaningful relationship. Uh, they don't know how life could be. Life could be different. And, and so, you know, maybe just not knowing. And we're talking about, you know what, you need help. You need fellowship. You need somebody to pull you out of the ditch. I don't know if you've ever been in the ditch. I've been stuck several times in a pickup truck. It's always good to have somebody to be there to pull you out. Let me call somebody. But people na naively think they can handle everything by themselves. Man, life's better together. That's why we want to help one another. And, and, and I have met people that were ashamed because they had to ask for help. Come on. I just said I called Kenny. I called Miss Shirley too. Miss Shirley calls me. I got other pastors I call. I have other pastors that call me. When I was in business, we went to school to learn about our products. And you had to sit and listen to be taught. When we come to church on Sunday, to be taught the Word. Well, this is the Word. God doesn't want you to live alone. God don't want you to be alone. He wants you to have fellowship. Okay, okay. So, so think, about, think about this, though. When, when times get tough, you need somebody. Uh, here's another story. Muhammad Ali used to get on the airplane, and he wouldn't buckle up. And, 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 and the stewardess kept coming by and said, Sir, you need to buckle up. And he goes, I'm Superman. I don't need to buckle up. She goes, Superman didn't need an airplane. Touche is right. And so, so we need each other. We need to not be naive. We need to know that we need help, and we need to... To, to reach out to people. Amen? Number two, temperament. What does temperament mean? That's just the way I am. It's just the way I am, huh? Resolve to be alone. That's the way I am. That's the way we are. We don't ask for help. And, you know, and I, that's pride. I don't ask for help. I, I don't need any help. And I used to say that when I was like 18. I said, if I can't get it with these two hands, I don't need it. I can live without it. That's pride, though. The Lord had to you know, yank that out of me. Nothing wrong with asking for help. There's nothing wrong from learning from somebody. Anybody ever split firewood? Anybody ever did it with a double bit axe instead of a maul? I'm going old school on you now. <laughs> this man was a logger, and, 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 and I worked with him some, and he brought a log and had it. It was this big around. And all we had was two double bit at. But he began to teach me how, you know, I had the back and the muscle, but he had the brain. Because that, that axe will bounce off if you don't hit it right. If you don't put it in the right spot, if you don't look for where to, come on, bury yours right there. You bury yours right there and then watch. And I'd bury mine and then he would go to just hacking and it'd just fall to pieces. Because I started, I buried it. You know, two are better than one. And to learn, to learn. I'm, I'm, you know, I know this ain't nothing going to make you run around, but it should. Think about people that you can help and think about people that can help you. Number three, and you can't do these, you know, fear. Well, I don't, I don't know. I'm afraid uh, of what, what, you know, 
If I go to a life group, what are they going to do? Put me in the middle of the room and make fun of me because I'm, you know, I'm living in sin? No. No. But fear will keep you from asking for help. Fear will keep you. Uh, how about shame? Man, if they find out what I've done. How about God already knows what you've done? And he hadn't killed you for it. And he hadn't not destroyed you for it. Because he wants you out of it. We just, you know, we just went this weekend to Nashville. And we, as, as, as some of our staff went, and we went through Keys to Freedom and how to minister to people. God wants people free. But how about, you know what? God wants you freed up to do more things for him. But how about if I'm doing everything myself, if I'm cleaning the church and I'm doing all and I'm mowing the grass and I'm, if I don't hire it done, I ain't got time for you. I don't have time for God. Just saying. Well, Pastor, you ought to be mowing the grass. What's the matter with you? We ought to ask for volunteers. You know how long it takes to vacuum this building right here, just this area? And that's what three people takes almost two hours. Woo! Come on. We all need help. And we don't need to be afraid to ask for it. And we don't need to be ashamed of who we are. But you want to hang around people that's going to pull you up even if you are in the muck and the mire, to set your feet on the solid ground, to help you. Because if you don't have help, you stay in the mud. Trudging out. Number four, about past experiences. For some of us, we've had bad relationships. We don't trust. Been burned. I'm not going to ask for you to raise your hands, but you know what? People will burn you. Well, and then, you, then when you get burnt, you say, well, I'll never let that happen again. I ain't ever getting in a group. I'm never going to tell anybody anything. <laughs> Man, that's the place that the devil wants to attack you, past experience. But real life change takes place when you start that you're able to share with somebody and somebody can, can pull you up and encourage you. Anybody ever been in, depressed? Come on, ever been down in the dumps, got up on the wrong side of the bed? Now, David encouraged himself in the Lord. Until you learn how to do that, you're going to need somebody to help pull you out of there. I know how to encourage myself in the Lord. You get up on the wrong side of the bed, go back to bed and get back up. Starting over right now. Yeah. And David encouraged himself in the Lord. You need to learn to encourage yourself. But guess what? People will encourage you. Man, I ask God, all right, Lord, call, have somebody call me today. I need some encouragement. Just somebody to speak to me. Ring, ring, two hours later, phone ring. You ever ask God for that? It's time to start. But then you need to be the one, and you're driving down the road and somebody comes to your mind, you need to call and encourage them. Huh? Can you be that person? Don't let past experiences rule your life. And keep you from God's best. God's best is us. Fellowship. Being there for one another. All right, all right. Y'all bump somebody and say, okay, wake up. Number five, busyness. Oh, put the dot by that one, somebody. 
too busy to, I'm too busy to do in life group. I'm too busy to hang out. I'm too busy to call somebody and encourage you. I'm too busy. Mm-mm. I want to, but I'm busy. How many things we don't do because this excuse? Don't let your schedule dictate your life. Keep you from things that would make our life better. I encourage you to prioritize your life. And you need to put somebody, you need to put a group of people that you can pour into that can pour into you. Do you have those people? Sometimes family's not enough. Sometimes family don't want to hear you. Sometimes you don't want to hear family. Just saying. Tell my brother, shut up. I don't want to hear that. That's what he tells me. Because we're brothers. So you need other people that you respect and people that will respect you and pour into them. So, so as, as we look at these sayings, see, we're, the title of this is where everybody knows your name. And uh, God never intended us to walk through life alone. In fact, it's a huge need. It's actually a desire of your heart. I think now deep inside, everybody wants it. But they don't know how to, to, to rally around something, to rally around Jesus or to rally around something else. And you remember the, the theme song to Cheers, where everybody knows your name? I'm not talking about church should be a bar. The bar exists because church is not being what it's supposed to be. And let me say that again. Bars exist because the church is not being what it's supposed to be. People go to a bar, they tell the bartender their problems. You need to be telling Jesus your problems and find somebody to talk to. Look around. I don't know them. We'll get to know them. God, let God lead you to, to find somebody. There was a friend of mine, his mama went to this bar. She wasn't a big drinker. She went to the bar for the fellowship. They paid for her funeral. He goes, I'll never knock a bar. Because they, they blessed our family. What did I say last Sunday? The Moose Lodge exists because people want fellowship. People want to do something. Kiwanis Club, whatever club. They, wanna, they want fellowship. They want to rally around things. But see, we have the Spirit of God. We have the anointing of God that brings us together and that we can hear from God when we come together. But we also have each other during the week. And we're there for one another. So every year at New Year's, we go to Florida. My wife's aunt has a condo or whatnot. And, and so we arrived a couple of days early. My wife's brother came in. My other daughter came in, uh, Emily. And we're at one of these, it's like a true, it's a new hotel. It's just, we just need one night to, to, till we can get to the condo. And, but it was a playoffs, football playoffs. I'm giving you an example of, of hanging out. Well, this hotel, the rooms don't have comfortable seats and stuff like that. There's only one. I said, I'm going to the lobby to watch the football game. I saw a TV in the corner. I saw some couches. And I walked to the gas station, got me a big gulp and, and some popcorn. And I go and sit down. And I'm, I'm sitting down on the couch by myself watching the football game. Lo and behold, here's this other a mother man comes, sits down, and he starts watching the football game. And then another man standing up, he's, he's wanting he just, he just wanting to sit down because he's trying to watch the football game. Then another man comes sit to my right on this couch, and another man sits to the right over there, and we all start talking football. My daughter comes, 
sits down, and she can hang with anybody, talking about, about any kind of sport. And uh, they're talking about their pro teams. We're talking about a football game. I'm not doing much talking. I'm just laughing because it gets, it's funny. And this one on this side starts picking at this one on this side because he's a Miami Dolphin fan, and he's coming back at him because he's a Cincinnati Bengal fan, and neither one of them are any good. And they're making fun of each other. And he doesn't always say, well, we're not that sorry now. Come on. Yeah, you are. He goes, yeah, you are. And I thought, this is a life group. We don't know each other, but we're rallying around one thing in common, and it happened to be football at the time. But how much more do we have in common when we can rally around Jesus? And we can encourage one another. We had fun. And I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there. This man was African-American. This man was white. This man was African-American. This man was African-American. My daughter's hanging with all of them talking football because she's a big Saints fan and they play on each other. But there was no prejudice in the room. I'm throwing that out there because you don't watch the news, they'll tell you there's prejudice in the room. We were having fun. You can enjoy life with anybody. You just got to open yourself up. And, and there I was sitting, and they all I said, that's my TV. No. Because you need to rally with one another. I don't care if you like sewing, knitting, or whatever. There it is. If you like fishing, hunting, or whatever, you, you, you do life together. You know, we talk about, talk about different things, and people, you, you'll find that as you're trying to witness somebody, you, the Holy Spirit will have you talk about fishing to communicate. To get on the level. Are you Glock 9? Are you big sewing? Are you big knitting needles or whatever? All right, we'll keep going then. Where everybody knows your name is B. Let's go to B. Chuck, Chuck Swindoll, I don't know if you know him. He's a pastor in California. He's from Texas. He goes, nobody is a whole team. We need each other. We need each other. You need someone and someone needs you. Isolated islands we are not. To make this thing called life work, we've got to lean uh, and support. Relate and respond. Give and take. Confess and forgive. Reach out and embrace. Since none of us is a whole, independent, or self-sufficient, we're not all powerful hot shots. We need to quit living like we are. Life's lonely without having each other. Everybody stand to your feet. I'm going to ask you to get crazy here. This is what we should do. And this is just, or this is not in my notes. Get a partner. Has everybody got a partner? Get up and move if you don't have a partner. It's all right to find somebody you don't know. Their breath may stink. Just don't look at them in the face. But find a partner. Now, oh, come here, Jeff. Come on up here. You got a partner? Everybody got a partner? I don't have a partner. Remember this? All right, turn, turn sideways for me. All right, turn your back. Lean on me. Come on, lean on them. When you're not strong. Come on, do this. Strong. And I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on. Here. Four, five. It won't be long. Till I'm going to need somebody to lean. What, y'all, y'all never went to church camp, did you? You need somebody to lean on. Okay? Now tell somebody I got you. 
All right, here we go. Let's go. There are four aspects to a person's life. We're going to define them and show you how a small group touches these areas. Number three and four, you can't do it without a life group. Come on. There, there are four areas that you need, you need to be in a group. Four reasons. Number one, y'all ready? Arena. Remember the baseball field? Arena is where I know you and you know me. Look around. You know people, who's, who people you know? You know them, I know, they know me, I know them. I had a little boy that, that, uh, that was my neighbor and he had a speech impediment. He goes, I know everybody and everybody know me. That's what he said. I know everybody and everybody know me. But how about, how about this is the public you, the part we see, but we need more than that. Hmm? I need people to really know who I am. I got pastors that really know who I am. They know my heart. They know when I'm off. They know when I'm discouraged. Or they, uh, they, they, they know me. Hmm? They know me. And so you need people that really know you. And, and, and so that, that's one of the things because there's always another side. 1 Corinthians 12, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 2, 11. It says, for who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Nobody really knows you unless you open up and tell them what you are and who you are and what you're dealing with or what you like and what you don't like. You know, I can name things and people raise their hand. I like that. I like that. I mean, you know, coconut pie. We can rally around coconut pie. It's a life group. There it is. We just started a life group, coconut pie life group. Hot right out of the oven, too. That's all right. Okay. I'm hungry. I don't know about y'all. Because, listen, we need some people that really know us. That can speak into our life. Because uh, guess what? When bad things come, you need somebody to pull you up. You need encouragement. We get bad news. We need people in our life. Hmm? So, so, so when my second child was born, uh, my wife's on, you know, in labor, heart rate drops, heart rate drops, heart rate comes up, heart rate drops. I can see the nurse's faces. Doctor calls, ain't nothing wrong with that baby, Lee, quit calling me. And the nurse keeps calling him every 30 minutes. Well, I make a phone call. Hey, people, I need y'all to pray. Can y'all pray for me? Oh, you know, the baby's heart rate's dropping. We need some help. You know? When my first one was born, there were some issues, but I didn't have anybody call. I had family, but they didn't know anything. They didn't know much better than me except to worry and be afraid. I called somebody who knew how to pray, who I'd touch heaven. I needed help. I needed somebody. Hallelujah, we got somebody. Look around, huh? And so we can call on one another, somebody, because guess what? When, when I'm not in the water and I'm not worrying and I'm not fretting, my face great. But, if, you know, if I'm this deep in the water and my feet are tied down, I need somebody to help pull me out. I need somebody to help pull me up. So come on. And that's what we want to be for one another. And we want people who really know us and people who are, uh, that we don't have to walk through 
life alone. Let's go to number two. Mask. Thank God we all have our mask on. Mask can be good, mask can be bad. You know, you know what I'm talking about, mask? You come into church and the kids are yelling and fighting and your wife, you know, just shut up, woman, leave me alone. And you pull up at church, hallelujah, glory to God, we're all good. God is so good. Aren't you glad to be at church? Yes, hallelujah. We get back in the car and we'll whip all you kids. Come on, you put your mask on. And you know what? I, I, I'm glad too because, you know, but there comes a point when you need to, you know, take your mask off and be real. I'm dealing with my kids. I need help parenting. I need some help. I need help with my marriage. I need help with my finances. See, we're, we're going to have a life group fair, you know, coming up, but we're going to talk financial peace. How to get a hold of your finances. We do marriage on the rock. Did y'all know marriage? we do marriage on the rock? We do marriage on the rock, not because my, my, my marriage is in the dumps. It's because I need help. I've seen it seven times, and I go, I still am not doing that. Glory be, help me, Jesus. <laughs> and, you know, I got a great marriage, but it's just that, man, you just want to shore it up. You want it to be better. You can always need, you need financial advice all the time. To be better, to have, you know, to, to have a, no, you just don't wade through life. Well, I, hey, I need $200 by Thursday. Can you loan it to me? You can't do that all the time. You got to get on top of your finances, not be underneath the bills, on top of the bills. How about, how about emotions, your emotional life? You need to be on top of your emotions. You can't, emotions are great, but man, if they rule, you're in trouble. So, so as we look at this, we need to, 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 we all have masks. We all have that area. No one knows. Guess what? If nobody knows that I'm dealing with something, then I'm not safe. If I'm dealing with drugs and nobody knows, I'm not safe. If I'm dealing with alcohol and nobody knows, if I'm contemplating cheating on my wife because she's on my last nerve, I'm not safe. Somebody's got to become help me, stop me. Because when you're in that place that no one knows, you're not even listening to the Holy Spirit. Okay. This, this guy went to China. He's on a missions trip. And he needed to get to the airport before everybody else because he was flying out early. And they decided last day they're going to the Great Wall of China and they're going to look at all the sites and so... You know, he goes, hey, guys, I got to get on a cab. I got to head on back. And he goes, you know, I'll see you all later. Well, the guy who was leading the tour, the missionary in China with him, they go, well, where, where, did, the, where, did, where did the missionary go? said, well, he had to head back. And he goes, so he takes off running. He didn't tell the guy in charge what he was doing. So he takes off running. He goes, hey, man, I need to talk to you. He goes, I got to get to the airport. He goes, no, I need to talk to you. Come on out here. I need to talk to you. We got something else we got to do. He goes, no, I got to get to the airport. He said, no, come on. I got to talk to you. So he gets out of the cab that he was going to the airport. He goes, dude, that's not a real cab. That's the cab that takes you to the country where they beat you down and steal all your money. 
okay, I need help. He goes, the missionary goes, I need help. I should have told somebody what I was plans were so they could have gave me some advice to miss that deal, to miss that beatdown. God will have you to avoid a beatdown. You ever thought about that? God will have you avoid trouble. There are people who have been in trouble that will tell you that's trouble. That's trouble. I like that. Help me. Show me where there's trouble. And so, so he, he, uh, he said, you know, I need people who will protect me. You need people who will protect you. It's always good. I don't have to. Even the person, if you know that they're spiritually sound, maybe they don't know uh, uh, everything about what you do, but you can bounce it off of them. I had a friend of mine who could uh, he just, he was a businessman or is a businessman, and it was a gift. A gift. Could take $5 and make 500 out of it in a week. And, and he was just mouthy and character, but he had a gift. But he used that gift to build churches, even though he was embarrassing to the pastor, you know, because he just mouthed and tell off-color jokes and just that. But he had a gift from God. That's a gift. Now, I, when I worked for Motorola, my, my, the sales manager of our company would sit down in December and he goes, we're going to do 212% more than we did last year. Or, you know, we're going we're to increase 15%. We're going to increase 25%. And lo and behold, we do it. I'm like, how do you figure that out? He's tapping into the Holy Spirit. He's a Christian, but he didn't always act like it. What I'm saying is people can give you advice. Even though they may not be as godly, you, you need to hear. I mean, you know what? You need to read the book, Sam Wall, who, who you know, may not like Walmart, but you need to read his book because it'll change the way you think about business. You need to study, if you're going to go and start a business, you need to study Walt Disney. Number one customer service in the world. Man, I think about it like that. Disneyland, they just want my money. Well, you want to start a business? You got to look bigger than you. I said, we go to other churches. We had toured a church yesterday. And I had people, I've had people tell me, why would you do that? Okay. So listen to me. And and 2 Corinthians 4 2 in the in the message. Since God has been so generous, uh, so generously, mm, I can't read that. Since God has so generously led us in on what he is doing, we're not about to throw up our hands and walk off the job because we run into occasional hard times. We refuse to wear a mask. Y'all thought mask wasn't scriptural. We refuse to wear a mask and play games. We don't maneuver and manipulate behind the scenes. We don't twist God's word to suit ourselves. Rather, we keep everything we do and say out in the open, the whole truth on display so that those who want to can see and judge for themselves in the presence of God. That's why, you know, it's a little sketchy when you kind of, I got word for you, and it's just, uh-uh. No. It needs to be judged. If you're going to teach the Word, it needs to be out in the open where it can be scrutinized. You need to be submitted to, to people who have taught the Word before. Or if you're going to do something, 
Man, do it out in the open. Learn how to flow with, with, with God, but even in business, in life, raising kids, everything that we do, we need people who will protect us. Amen? We need accountability, somebody to watch over our soul. Do you have that person? Anybody ever have somebody watch their house? Hey, when you drive by, just kind of check, make sure there's nobody living in my house. I'm going to be gone a week. If you see somebody living in my house, eh, they're not supposed to be there. And, you know, somebody sitting in your house. How about having somebody watch over your soul? Come on. To know you. I know, well, man, this is crazy now. So we wear masks. Number three, blind spots. Everybody has blind spots. You can't do it. See a blind spot on your own. Hey, Patrick, 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 you got something in your teeth right there. Huh? Without looking in the mirror, he can't tell he got something in his teeth. Or, you know, you got, you got something, you got a spot on you. We used to mess with people swimming, you know, we're on the lake skiing or something. And, hey, hey, wipe your nose, you know. Cause... What do you mean? Anyway. Blind spots. Blind spots are I don't know, but you know. I don't know, but you know. I can see where you're headed. Hey, I've been down that road. You don't want to go there. Hmm? <laughs> Same old man that taught me how to split wood. <laughs> he was a womanizer. He drank whiskey. On, he only had a bottle of whiskey on the front seat. He smoked filterless camels. You know, I led him to the Lord. Made sure he was born again. But before I did that, when I was young and dumb, probably about 17, 18, 19 and stuff, he pulled me aside, don't ever cheat on your wife. And I'm like, well, you did all the time. But he knew that it was nothing but heartache. He knew that it was nothing but heartache. And rough and tough and, you know, anyway. We all have blind spots. Errors we don't see. <laughs> Do you have a signal with your spouse? Jesse Duplantis had a light white suit on in the 80s and blue underwear. How do I know that? It's because he steps up to preach and his pants are unzipped. And here comes the, the, the associate pastor. Is like, and he's like, what is wrong with this guy? And he goes, your pants are unzipped, you know, and he goes, oh, and he turns around and zips his pants up. I know a pastor the same way, they're telling him, so he said his life group became the choir. They protected him, they guarded him, and he had to zip his pants up in front of everybody because he's on national TV. You all, and we're all going to have those things that, you know, just things aren't going right. You know, I, I don't know, but I have a habit looking at tires, especially if I'm going to go on a long trip. I'm just kind of, we were all going to caravan as a group to a ball game, and I'm walking around just looking at people's tires, and it's just, just in me. I don't know why I've always, and, and dude had a bubble like the size of a baseball on the side of his tire. I said, hey, man, we're going to change that before we get on the road. We got a three-and-a-half-hour drive. Thank God you saw that. Yes, sir. Blind spots. Nobody else sees. Nobody's looking. And, and, you know, even prophetic, God will prophetically give you a word that will, that will help people with a blind spot. We need to, we need to be real. Our enemy is real. Hmm. 
and he's devising a plan to make you fall. How many of you know the devil, uh, he's really not red with horns and a tail with a point on it and carries a pitchfork? How many of you know that's not the devil? You know, somebody wrote a song. This is the devil. He's got blue eyes and blue jeans. Or she's got blue eyes and blue jeans. Or he does. You never see where the devil robbed the 7-Eleven. Somebody robbed the 7-Eleven being used by the devil. So, so that's where you got to recognize some people you don't want in your circle, but you, you got to keep your eyes open and, and on God. And, you know, he used he use us. Guess what? He, he tries to bring dissension. You know the devil's plan is to divide and conquer. But what you need to say is, I need people to be honest with me. You may not like it. Man, a five-year-old can be brutally honest. Brittany used to be brutal. When she was four, she was, Dad, that don't match. Shut up. I'm going to work. It's not supposed to match. I'm doing construction today. That don't match. But we need people to be honest with us, huh? But here's the problem. If somebody said amen, but can you receive it? When they are honest, tell me it. Come on. Jesus bore your shame. He bore your pride. He bore everything. Proverbs 27, 6. You ever heard it? Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Everybody tell you all oh, that in the back of chip. Man, that was great. And I need the encouragement. But I have some people say, you know what? You messed up right there. Well, you left that completely out. Yeah, I did. It's all right. So let me ask you this. Who's got your back spiritually? Can you think of somebody? You need people other than me on Sunday morning. We pray, we pray, we pray over our services. We pray over you, but you need somebody too. Number four, I know y'all about to sleep. We got to wake up. Potential. How about potential? You're going to reach your potential? You need help. You need somebody to push you. Anybody, everybody seen, remember back in the day, you used to take a kid by the britches and by the shoulder and just throw them in the water and swim, swim now. Huh? Anybody ever see that other than me? That was the boss I worked for. I didn't train you. You took up yourself to get it. He goes, I want self, I want people that'll take it up on themselves. But you know what? I helped them on the side. Hey man, you got that? Because I wanted them to win. You know, that we was asking questions to one another. What's your love language? My love language, I'm a servant, period. I'll serve till I just can't go no more. And then I'm burnt out and fried and just left on the side of the road and everything. But that's me. I want to serve people. I, and that's, that's the heart of a pastor. But I want to serve and, and I want people to receive. I want to help people all I can. Maybe that's not your love language. How do, you, how do you project? What do you, what do you think about? Oh, I want to be served. Now, I ain't talking about being the king. But reaching potential. I want to see you reach your potential, whether it's in business, whether in your job, whether it's raising kids, family. That's what our church ought to be about. 
is everybody reaching their potential. And that's why we push in life groups so hard because you need to do life with people to reach your potential. If you're the biggest fish in the pond, then you need to get somebody that's bigger than you to feed you. Okay? Because if you, let's go back to that first statement. You show me who you're hanging around, I'll show you, you know, you, what, where your potential's at. You want greater potential. I'm talking about my boss, but I mean, we work for a company. He goes, but we want world domination. World domination. We want to go after everything, anything, and we want to get it, and it's ours. Why not? Why not? As a church, don't we want world domination? Don't we want everybody saved? Well, how about in business? You want everybody to do business with you, whether you own the company or not. It's called job security. But I work for God. I work for God then. You work for God always. So we want to reach our potential. You need, to, you need people that will push you. You need people that are uh, uh, to help you. There's an African proverb, Zombian. I can't even say it right. When you run alone, you run fast. But when you run together, you run far. Who's your team to help you reach your potential? When you run alone, you run fast. But when you run together, you run far. My cousin played uh, college basketball. And the coach said, you got to run this mile. And every one of you, every one of you on the team has to run this mile in seven, seven and a half minutes or whatever. Wasn't super, super hard. Some of them could do it real quick, but they had one boy that was just slow as Christmas. So two of them grabbed him by the jersey, and two of them got behind him. They were pulling him and pushing him. They did it as a team. Four of them got behind him because they were tired of running the mile, and they knew they already had it. They pushed and they pulled. It's called teamwork. Who's pushing you? Who's pulling you? Who's your team? Who knows your dreams? We were in this class yesterday, and this woman was teaching us how to hear the voice of God. And most people in the room, our group, we teach that. But there were people in the room that were 50, 60 years old that never had been taught that. God's always speaking to us. We're not listening. Or we not? We haven't learned how to listen. Our mind, we don't know how to shut down our mind. We don't know how to listen. And somebody wrote a question. Is it too late for me? Why am I saying that? It's never too late for you to learn the voice of God. And it's never too late to dream. I don't care if you ate it. Paul. John wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John in his 80s. And in his mid-80s, he wrote the, the, the gospel of John. Come on, 80s. Well, I'm through. I'm retiring. Retiring's not in the Bible. God can use you. Wants to help you. Battery's getting weak, probably. So, so who knows your dreams? Who knows what you're trying to accomplish? This is how your life can be changed by going to church. When you have church in your house, or when you go to somebody's house, church should be doing, 
Notice the sweat church is not just a Sunday thing. Jesus is every day. Amen? And you need to, you need to set up times. And if, Anybody ever made a doctor's appointment or a dentist's appointment? Come on, don't lie to me. Every one of you have. Have you ever made an appointment to meet with Jesus? Come on, how about meeting with somebody to talk about Jesus? How about make that? I'm, a, I'm making an appointment to meet with Jesus. I'm making an appointment to meet with a group of people that can feed me about Jesus. Huh? We wait till we're in trouble before we call upon Jesus. We sang about he's in the valley. I'm going to sing in the high and in the low, but we, we generally don't talk to Jesus till we're in the valley. There was an old Pentecostal song that, He's the God of the mountain. He's the God of the valley. And somebody yelled, valley! That's where they were living. Get out of the valley. Come on. All right, we're going to finish Ephesians 6, uh, 4, 16, excuse me. As each part does its work, as each part does its work, it helps the other parts grow. So I'm about the body of Christ. He makes the whole body fit jointly together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. Are you helping somebody grow? Well, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full and full of love. Look at that one more time. He makes the whole body fit together. Okay, you really want to get gross about it? If you chop my hand off right here and lay it right there, it does nothing. This is going to be going, ah! My body's going to be going, ah! And we go, ah, when you ain't here. But without the body, the hand is nothing. Without the body, the arm is nothing. Without the body, the foot is nothing. Without the body, without the head. Jesus is the head. But we are the body. And you know you're not the armpit. That's in Louisiana somewhere. No. <laughs> you're important. And I always use the example. Somebody said, well, I'm just a little toe. Let me take a hammer to the little toe. And you'll see how important it is. You ever hit that piece of furniture in the middle of the night? Woo! All those toes are important. Come on. So you're important. Say, I'm important. But I still need you. Mm -hmm. And we all need Jesus. But we all need one another. And so we got to get stirred up about this because, because in Proverbs 18, 24, it says, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I've got friends that are closer than a brother. But you know what that really is prophetic about Jesus is your brother. He's closer. He's a friend that's closer than a brother. Amen? So we, we have got to get focused on, on building one another up. Is, who do you call when you need prayer? Well, we got a church hotline. We're going to pass that out next Sunday. But how about somebody that you know, that you know that you know is going to pray? We have a prayer team. You send it to me. You can send it to that number, and we got people. We have like 18 people that are going to be praying. Glory to God. Isn't that awesome? And so, you know what? We have a prayer chain. We have a prayer team. We have people who pray. I wanted to send it out to everybody. 
But when you get six or seven prayer requests in one day, people are like, you're blowing my phone up, Pastor. I need to get off of that. Okay, I care. But I do have a team. We need each other. I know this is, this, is just, this is just nuts and bolts today. We need each other. You need to be looking for somebody that will be your prayer partner. You need to be looking for somebody that you can pour into, but you need to be looking for somebody that can pour into you. If it's just a one-way road, you're going to just dry up or you'll fill up and won't, you'll have to roll you out. You're just getting fed all the time. You become stagnant if you're just getting fed all the time. Stand to your feet for me. So I'm, we're really encouraging next, this Sunday and next Sunday to, to about life group, but how about building relationships with people? How about redefining your relationships more than just casual friendships? People that spiritually that can sharpen you, spiritually that pour into you and you pour into them. You know, Jesus even said, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. That's how important that God wants us on the level of being friends with one another and friends with him. Man, somebody you can call on. A servant don't ask the boss, hey, can I have some milk? The servant doesn't ask, you know, they have to, you know, hey, I, I really need Saturday off. Uh, no, no, friends walk up, hey, man, I need to borrow a cup of milk. Friends, it's a different relationship. The best decision you can ever make is getting in the relationship with Jesus, number one, and with other people. And you know what? We have an atmosphere in our church that we're like family. But greater, we need family and friends. So I want you to bow your heads just for a second. If you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, will you accept Him today? Will you make Him Lord? If, if, if you... If you maybe got saved a long time ago and you just haven't been living for him. Is that you? Will you lift your hand and say, yeah, that's me, Pastor Brad. I want to make a change. I see those hands. I see you. There were several hands went up. You know what? God loves you. And God cares about you. And God, see, what he's trying to do is pull you in closer to him. So let's all pray this together. There's like six or seven people lifted their hand this morning. Say it with me. Say, Father, today I come and I renew my faith in Jesus Christ, that he's my Lord and Savior, that he loves me, that he's my friend. And Father, I thank you that you accept me because of the blood of Jesus. Not that I'm good enough, but that Jesus was good enough. Thank you, Lord, that you helped me to find a group of people to pull close, that can pour into me, that can speak to me, and that you train me up, that I can speak into others. Thank you for salvation today. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. I am a child of God. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.